podcast just now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Winslow. Shout out. I watched, since we last recorded, Made. Oh, Made was good. So good. And I realized after I watched it mm-hmm. that I skipped the first episode. What? I, How did like, you do that? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it just popped up on Netflix and I hit play. So somewhere, maybe I double tapped something that I should have mm. single tapped. I don't know. So today I got to back up and watch the first episode. Yeah, Made is very good. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows a lot of things like how hard it is to report domestic violence that's not physical. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, spoiler alert, if you have not seen Made. Mm-hmm. I'll wait a second. Okay, good. <laughs> so, you know, in that in that instance when she first runs away, he doesn't hit her. Mm-mm. But he does throw a glass that shatters right near her head. And as I want to say, I can't remember who it was, either the woman she met in the shelter or whatever, said the next time, that's your head. Mm-hmm. It's true. It'll escalate. You know what I mean? And it also highlights how hard it is to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, because when that shelter manager says, like, it take, what is it six times or some nonsense like that? Mm-hmm. And the one lady who was seemed so gun ho ended up going back right. and didn't act like she didn't even know who she was. I mean, mm-hmm. man. And so heartbreaking was that moment again. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it or fast forward. But that moment when she had been kind of pulled back in and was back mm-hmm. and sh- she realized she was isolated again and everything. Yep. And she just said, I am so stupid mm-hmm. because he was, he was going back to his old self again. Yep. And, and she was isolated all over again. The car was gone. The- that was crazy. Can you like? I can't even imagine like mm-hmm. telling my wife, <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yo, you ain't driving this car." Yeah. Like, just, I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. Nuts. But very good. Very stressful, but good. Oh, and her mom, Andy McDowell. Yeah, Emmy coming for her. at least she a was, nomination. She was great. She was great. She was great. She was great. Really good. Really, 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 really good. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I still haven't finished clickbait. And my friend Lee back in North Carolina keeps saying, will you freaking finish it so we can discuss it? Yeah. Has a very surprise ending. That's what I hear. Yeah, it's good, though. I watched I watch that. I, yeah, I watched that quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was really good. I didn't, I, and I didn't think it was going to be. We would have watched that quick, but it didn't hit with Joe. Nah, it doesn't hit right away. That's true. Mm-hmm. Some shows are like that, though. It's like some shows you put them down and you're like, God. You, then you try to watch it again. And mm-hmm. I just started watching something on the Apple TV science fiction thing, so you're tuning out right now. But <laughs> <laughs> it's called Foundation. And uh, the first time I, I tried to watch the, fir- the first episode, I think two or three times, and now I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Like once you get past the boring part. Yep. You just gotta gotta hang in past the boring. Yeah, like you know, because there's a lot of setup, a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so you can understand exactly what's going on, I guess. Right. Right. Well, you know, that's what I watched because I've got. For the first time in many, many months, my foot's falling asleep. What? Yeah. Your hurt foot? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are here on a Sunday afternoon in the dining room studio. Uh, Welcome. To the Strongly Worded Podcast. I'm Sue O'Lear. And I am Johnny Hampton. And this is what? Like a few weeks in a row, we've been doing this on time. Well, it was supposed to start at three, but someone was late today. <laughs> and then I took a call. 
<laughs> so we are oh, I had to know. a little behind. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's good. It's important. <laughs> you know, I have been the last couple of days waking up super late. Really? Like not even like 6.30. <laughs> but today I slept until 9 a.m. Really? Yes. I that is up, late. I felt like half the day was over. That, <laughs> <laughs> that is late for you. I guess I just needed some. Yeah. Sometimes your, bo- sometimes your body just tells you. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot, I think, on my mind going into, you know, the last couple of weeks getting Joe ready. My husband oh, started man. a new job and yeah. that takes a lot of a lot of stuff. I yeah. haven't been saying on the show what's happening, but he has a new job and he's mm. doing some training, which has him out of town. Yeah. I spoke to him today. <laughs> yeah. My, my guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, but he loves it, though. He loves it. Yeah, he loves it. So I'm happy he's happy. Me too. People, you know, I I think sometimes people don't understand how important it is for men to have a job that they feel valued in Mm -hmm. and just feel important. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think people overlook that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so from that standpoint, I'm happy for him. Such a huge part of his identity to be our provider and for so long he was the sole provider because I was the stay-at-home mom for a lot of years and so he kind of sucked it up and just did some stuff because we needed the check yeah and this time he was allowed to kind of you know because I'm working and have a a real good job he could bounce around a little bit till he he found something that was a good fit and he did and he did I liked his last job and I was really happy with that because he was always home when I needed him to be home yeah I know that's the that's the only thing that's the only thing I worry about because he's like me he likes to be with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about that today. You know he likes to be with his family. He doesn't like missing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, but you know once once he gets It'll be back, good. yeah, it be good. He I have all these little things that I do to count down the time. <laughs> Just silly little things, but then when we all went to dinner the other night for Vic and Nadine's anniversary. Yeah. I was feeling like, oh, we're you know, we're into week two. <laughs> but we all sit down and they're like, he's only been gone a week. And I was like, no, don't say it like that. <laughs> I was telling him today, like, you know, those kind of things like is is there's a difference between someone not being there and someone who can't be there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, it's different because, you know, you, you're not there. Like, you, you. I know. And I noticed him not there. Yeah, He's me such too. such a presence. Me too. Yeah. Because he makes me laugh so much. <laughs> but Carolyn and I have really realized how when Joe's not around, we're funny. She and I are funny. Oh, my gosh. I got to see it to believe it. <laughs> wow. No, sometimes, sometimes uh, Miss C cracks me up a lot. Yeah. Um, I got yeah. She, uh, she makes (laughs) she makes me laugh, (laughs) and she always scolds me when I when I make jokes that uh, like, come on, coach. (laughs) The the other day, the other day, she was leading a drill, (laughs) and the person behind her, like for some reason, couldn't follow what she was doing. She was doing the stretches. I said to the, I said to this young man, you can't follow what a pretty girl is doing? Something is wrong here, man. You got to get your eyes oh, on what's going on. She, she said, doesn't like that. She said, come on, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, uh, I apologize. 
<laughs> but it is nice seeing her back at practice right now. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's on. She's on the way, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm missing my girls' team now. Yeah, soon. Got big plans. She's on the way though, man. A lot of a lot of those eighth graders there on the way. I, I am. Um, I was thinking the other day, like just how. You know, supremely blessed we are to have been involved with what I think is the next great class of players. Yes, I think that you are right. I think I am as excited for basketball season to start at the high school level this year as as I've been, you know, for Joseph. And he's not a part of it. You know, it's going to be be good. And I think it's going to be like that the next couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Yeah. And I'm, you know, if we can really work hard and get some of these girls ready. Yeah, I mean, we I, maybe we can I help think, out. I, I think I think so, man. I think, mm-hmm. first of all, I think, excuse me, what happens this year at the high school, you know, shout out to Coach Wagner. We got to send him a Zoom link. We'll get, a, we'll get him on. Yep. And whatever, you know, what he does this year is going to lay the foundation. So if... The girls who are there now, some of them, which we know, mm-hmm. um, some of them are underclassmen, some are upperclassmen. So, you know, but they'll all be there next year if he can do what he does, and then we do what we do. I think the people, some of the people who are coming to that school, won't play JV, mm-hmm. and they'll be ready. And so, you know, we always joke about how we play those tournaments and. <laughs> the, the middle schoolers are, you know, driving cars and right. But maybe that's getting them ready. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I'm excited. For but that. we are not a basketball. But we're not a basketball podcast. I read an article that I told you about that yeah. caught my eye to talk about today. We have a couple of things that we're going to touch on today, but I'm going to start with this one to get us warmed up. So I read an article in the Insider. That says, the headline is, a worker in Florida applied to 60, that's a six and a zero, 60 <laughs> entry-level jobs in September and got one interview. So now I read the article. I should have reread it before I came, but as I said, I was napping. I actually read today. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't get those interviews because they didn't want him? He was too old, overqualified? Because I, I seem to remember... At some point in in that article, them talking about how some of those jobs were so low paying <laughs> and that being an issue. But I think that the the point, you know, one of the points that was he was trying to make with this is that it's, you know, right now so many places are so short staffed and em- employers are saying things like it's this stimulus money, it's this right. government money mm-hmm. that people don't want to work. Right. Well, that's not the case. So if this guy applied to 60 of them mm-hmm. and got one interview, he's saying I, people wanting to work might not be the problem. It's not. I don't think it ever was, though. Uh, I think from some, you know, one one thing we've learned, and I, I always go back to this. Like, I always laugh because I remember back in the day when people would say, especially with minimum wage, I think when I started working, minimum wage was like three seventy five mm-hmm. or some nonsense. And people would say, oh, there's people who, who'd rather stay on welfare than go get a job. Yeah, because welfare pays more than three seventy five an hour. And so now you got this stimulus money, right? And you realize a lot of the jobs here in America do not pay a living wage. 
I mean, is it that people don't want to work or people don't want to work for peanuts? Exactly. Is it that people don't want to work or that people want to be paid what they're worth? Right. So you want people to come in, be a server for the typical whatever that is now. I used to be an accountant for a restaurant. So it was like five something, six. I don't even think it was that. Yeah. Uh I think I think I got to like five fifteen here in Florida. So you want them to work for five fifteen in tips and you say you can't pay them. And I, I get it. I understand the economics, but. I've come around because when we had Miss Karen here, she mm-hmm. was like, hey, you got to decide what you want to do, though. Right. Are you going to be all about the profits or are you going to be about people? Because the people could lead the profits, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry. In a country where we have billionaires, <laughs> you know, yeah. we have billionaires. And the people who are, you mm-hmm. know, they're living high on the backs of people making What's ten dollars an hour? Right, right. They're going out to these fancy dinners mm-hmm. where the people are making five bucks an hour plus right. tips. Plus tips. And Kissing your ass for twenty percent. Right, and well, so, not yours. Yeah. You're just sitting in front of me. Yeah, because <laughs> we're not in those billionaire restaurants. No, <laughs> <laughs> we in out. We at Outback. Right, <laughs> and that's that's, that's pretty pricey. Good. For that's me. pretty good for us. <laughs> that's where we at Mm -hmm. but no i mean like when i read that i was like this is perfect because you know some of those jobs weren't calling him back maybe they thought he was overqualified some of them jobs weren't paying enough Mm -hmm. and that's the problem and you know that's a real problem here in america like i always always say like when i look at gas prices right so these gas companies make billions in profits so you can't make gas two twenty nine right now, right? You, instead of making sixty billion in profits, you can't forty billion is not enough, right? Right. <laughs> That's what I always say, but I don't know. And then you have people like my dad, mm-hmm. hardworking man, his whole life since he was probably eleven, ten years old was when he got his first paper route that he would tell the story about, right? Mm-hmm. And giving his money to his mom and whatever. Um believing in these Republican ideals, like he's going to be a billionaire one day, like believing in these policies that protect these one percenters. I don't even know. And and I think he truly believed it trickled down to us. I never understood. I don't believe billionaires should exist. Oh, well, I can't say that. I mean, what do you mean by that though? Like, I mean, I, there's no, path to becoming that wealthy mm-hmm. that is ethical that is it's it's there's no path to that kind of that kind of wealth that is just based on getting up and working hard every day now nah, you get lucky I, I i often say rich people uh a lot of rich people are just lucky um but i mean the amazon guy had a good idea but then again, yeah. But you, people are are right dropping I, I, dead I of heart attacks on the floor, and other people have to just step over them until nine one one arrives. <laughs> yes, uh, I was going to. I was going to get to that. Extra money to create a penis shaped rocket ship. I was going to get to that. His wife is the one with the right idea because she took her half of the divorce and started giving that those billions away. And I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't go as far as to say there shouldn't be billionaires, but trickle down economics never made sense to me. Mm-mm. Uh, the economy is driven by consumers. If they're broke, 
<laughs> the economy goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not a famous economist. Uh, I don't have a master's in economics. But when I have money, I go places. <laughs> when right. I, don't, I, I don't, I don't. Right. So trickle down, rich people don't give away their money. So if you give them more profits, it's just going in their bank account. Mm-hmm. Just like if I get money, it's going in my bank account. And what's the difference, like you said, between $60 billion and $40 billion? I don't know because... <laughs> I mean, I couldn't spend a billion dollars in my lifetime. But I damn I, sure I, would I try. I mean, it would be fun to give it a go. <laughs> yeah. But do you, know, you know, it's. I think it also kind of goes back to what you say about... You know, we're not a nation of people with any empathy whatsoever. Then that's that's what it goes. So I always laugh at these things because when it was mostly minorities and women and maybe immigrants on welfare, couldn't find jobs, everybody was yelling at them. Mm-hmm. But now when you have what you would call, I don't know, I don't know, controlling class, which, which is you're just white men, some of them are staying home. Now, now, what are you calling them now? <laughs> but, hey, man, I don't knock them because I'm not going to go work and take all that shit from a boss for minimum wage mm-hmm. and I can't even pay my rent. Right. I can't, I can't buy groceries. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why I say, you know, you talked about Republicans. They say they're the pro-life, <laughs> right? If they were pro-life, then they would they're, care. They're pro-birth. Right. That, that, you don't care when, so you don't want to give... The person who was born food stamps. You don't want them to have welfare. You, you don't, don't want them to have, to have affordable housing. You don't want them to have access to affordable education. So, I mean, so what are we doing? You just want babies. That's all you want. Mm-hmm. And once once they get out, they got to fend for themselves. That's right. And I don't, like, I'm not a big government person. Like, I'm really not. Like, but there comes a time when, you know, you got to look in the mirror as a country. I mean, 60 jobs, one interview. Yeah. <laughs> He said that he wasn't applying to any roles he wasn't qualified for. He, you know, applied for things that wanted a high school diploma or entry level experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Most of the ones he applied for would say either willing to train or minimum experience. And none of them were over twelve dollars an hour. None over twelve dollars an hour. And we're I'm sorry. He didn't apply for anything that required a degree. And what, what city was he in? know if it said what city it just said florida man okay because like if you in miami if you in miami or orlando he was near fort myers i mean twelve dollars an hour is not getting it done in fort myers Mm -mm. (laughs) it's not getting it done and where is it getting it done really you know i mean that's not that's not getting it done in fort myers Mm So yeah, 12, by, by 12. the end of the month, he had sent out 60 applications, received 16 email responses, four follow-up phone calls, and one solitary interview. So $12 an hour, if you, if you work 40 hours a week, that's fi- that is $480 a week. Okay? That is $24,960 a year. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? with that let's see when i my first job out of college i made about that 24 right. 25 000 in, in 1996 in 98 i was thrilled mm-hmm. when i got a job working at an ad agency making 22 000 a year yeah. 
in 98. And I had (laughs) a couple of roommates that we shared this little apartment. I had an apartment with my best friend. Yeah. So. And I had a car that my parents had given me. Yeah, we in New York. We didn't really need cars, mm-hmm. but twenty years later, twenty three right. years later, that's the. What's he gonna do with that? Right. It's a job, but you just working to work. And it's not like he's taking home every one of those dollars because Uncle Sam takes its piece. If he needs health insurance, that he's got to come out oh, of that. Yeah, health insurance hurts. It hurts mm-hmm. big time. So he's probably gonna make. He's probably not gonna have health insurance, right? So he's not gonna have health right. insurance. Maybe he can go get Medicaid. Barely, I think he barely, but he's gonna make like three hundred something dollars a week. Mm-hmm. So the average rent is probably in Fort Myers a thousand, twelve hundred, twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, he's barely paying his rent. He didn't pay a light bill. He's no water. He's getting nothing to eat. Not a phone bill. Nothing to eat. No gas for his car to get to work. So yeah, I mean. That, you know, we're, we we got an issue. So if somebody's not working and they are utilizing government programs that allows them to live a better life than this $12 an hour job, why is that the the workers, like, why is that a, the workers problem? Like, why is that a, a negative on the worker? Like, come on, dude. Like, I'm supposed to want to work for less? Yeah, me, me, me and my good buddy Charles, who's been on the podcast, we, we used to always laugh. Because they always say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to pull yourself up from your bootstraps. You can't afford boots. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, they, that's how this country has always been. So, you know, even historically, like, you know, oh, Lincoln freed the slaves. Yeah, he freed them slaves. And then what? And did he help them get educated? Because mm-hmm. they weren't taught how to read. Did he, like, what did he do afterwards? So, that's how historically how this country operates, So. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, we're, I'm just lucky enough that, you know, I went to school and did all that. And so, but if not for the grace of God, you know, where would I be? Right. And people don't think like that, though. And that's, and that's the problem. So we've talked about, and I feel strongly that four-year institutions are not for everybody. No. Um, trades can be great. I've said to even my own son, who is in school right now and doing great, going to school and going to work, like, even if it's just the associate, so you can check the box and not have your resume immediately, you yeah, know, pulled sure. out of the stack, I, you know, because whatever, he's 18. He doesn't have to know what he's going to do for the rest of his life today. Not right this second he doesn't. But I was reading something and I didn't print it up and bring it that was saying that, you know, whose page? I bet I could pull it up. Uh, it's on one of our mutual friends, Facebook pages, um, a post about how saying that, saying that four-year college isn't for everybody or encouraging people to do things that don't involve college or a four-year degree is actually what the man what they want us to do because it makes us think that we it it devalues education makes us think we don't need it um it depends on what you call education sort of continues to keep the the haves having more and that creates a, a you know a divide it's actually doing the opposite of what we wanted to do, to say that. That is, so, I got a cousin um, who did some jail time, um, like heavy fed, he did fed time. And he got out, he doesn't have a college degree, he owns his own trucking business. He went and got a trade, just bought a house, North Carolina. So, I understand that, to a certain extent, but 
there's some plumbers out there making more money than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Electricians making more money than me. Right. Contractors that build homes making more money than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so even interior decorators <laughs> making more money than I am. So I don't, I don't know if it devalues education. Uh, education doesn't equal intelligence. And you can get educated a lot of places. It doesn't have to be in a, in a classroom. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if I believe that it devalues education. I know plenty of people who didn't go to college that are very very intelligent, and I know people who went to college who were dumb as doorknobs. Mm-hmm. I think letting everybody into college is what devalues education. I'm gonna pull it up real quick, but yeah, it was just an interesting take. It's one that I hadn't really thought before. Yeah, me about either. How it just keeps the the dividing line. But I, I tell kids all the time, you know, everything I have achieved in life has been because of my education. But it's not the only, there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's what they say, right? That's a bad saying. When progressives jump on this band, bandwagon of, right, <laughs> of, of saying things that uh, college degrees are overrated, the claim is being made more and more often that outside of the hard sciences, sciences medicine, or law, fewer people should be going to to college and more people should be going into apprentice apprenticeships and skilled training programs. So when progressives jump on that bandwagon of saying, you know, often for well-intentioned reasons, like uh, desiring to lessen student debt, um, increase employment opportunities for, for folks, it says we are falling into a long planned, well thought out and meticulously implemented trap of the political right who have long seen that college education correlates with more progressive political views to the detriment of their hold on economic and political power. So it's better for the Republicans. So I'll say this about college. I've always thought that it was a little bit of a racket, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh, When poor people and women couldn't go to college. It was all that you needed. You needed to have a college degree. Then poor people, especially minorities, immigrants, women, started getting into college. Then suddenly you needed a master's. Mm -hmm. Now you got to have a master's to make money. They always move the bar, right? But I don't, I think you don't have, I graduated with no student loans. I went to a city university. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, the first two years I went there was $975 a semester plus books. Now, now, obviously, this is way back in the 90s. I'm sure it's triple that now. But even if it was triple that, mm-hmm. we're talking about $6,000 a year. Right. So you have choices. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to these fancy-dancy schools. I went to two fancy-dancy schools. Right. And I graduated with no student loans. How? Because my parents paid for my college education. Well, see, that's good. And see, that <laughs> that, is, that is rare. But I think that is what this is kind of talking about. Like it, it's it just that divide where the the privileged keep being privileged and hanging out in their privilege. Yeah, but so so is this saying like you have to go to one of those private institutions to have that privilege? No, I don't think it's saying that at all. I think that it's just saying that it's it's. A scheme. Now, college opens doors. Because the more people that go to college tend, tend to have more, I think what it's saying is, you know, then they have 
a, a better worldview, a more liberal way of seeing things. And so it's, so it's, it's the right telling us we don't have to go to college so they can keep us down. So do you think, you think college gives you word worldview? For some. I mean, I think it can. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, and I think what I've said to Joseph, too, about college, because he, he doesn't love it. Um, I didn't love it either, to be honest. Right. It's a means to an end, though. And and going to college is not just about what you're learning in class. It's about learning how to um, commit yourself to a, a big goal and c- see it through to completion. Mm-hmm. It's about kind of, and again, it's really about understanding that you can just, now you can check that box. There are certain doors that are not going to be closed to him automatically just based on what he writes on an application, a job application. For me, college was all about one thing, earning power. That's all it was about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, you know, finding myself. And For me. Yeah, but you were having a baby, too, like you had. No, I wasn't having a baby till three years in, though. Like, when I went, I was 18. Like, um, Tiara. And, and so at 18, it was about earning power for you? Yeah. Because I, it wasn't for me, and Be- it's not for Joseph. It's definitely a place to mature. Like, it's it's a it's a place between yes. kidhood and adulthood. But there's a reason. It's because my parents did not go to college. Mm-hmm. And they saw what not going to college can do for your earning power. Mm-hmm. So that's something that was drilled mm-hmm. into yeah. my head. And it's I part of the reason, probably, I didn't like it that much. Yeah. Mine didn't either. My mom didn't go to college until I was in sixth, fifth grade. She went back to school and became an interior designer. But my dad, I think my dad, I don't know that my mom wants me to say this, but my dad, I think, just got his GED. My grandfather. He graduated. My grandfather, too. And so, like, they, I don't even know how many people they knew that hadn't had gone to college. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was always about getting a college degree so I could get a better job, mm-hmm. so I could have a better life. Right. It it wasn't about the things I probably tell, told Tiara, hey, go find yourself, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, I knew that I would have her back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. So, no, for me, it was always about earning power. Yeah, but I, you know, I think one of the reasons why my dad was so unwilling to see things like white privilege is because... You know, he he grew up poor. He doesn't, he's not educated. He didn't go to college and he still was able to accomplish X, Y, or Z. See, I, 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 I think Without I get, ever understanding that he didn't have the same, even, even though every single po- point that he made is true, he did do all of those things. Mm-hmm. He still had it different. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, having met your dad, like I can, you know, when you meet people, you I can tell how genuine they are, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I've met parents that I know right away, like, they don't really like black people. Mm-hmm. And I got no issue. Hey, listen, as long as you don't say anything crazy to me, we good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but there are, I think there's some people who are not racist. And since they aren't, they can't understand Mm-hmm. How, why a black person right can't get there right it's because they don't they don't see it they 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 just can't their right. mind can't get there mm-hmm. i don't care about black people mm-hmm. you know that that's not me and i know plenty of people like that yep 
and they're all older people too. Mm -hmm. They're all older people. They just they don't understand. And I, you know, I, and it's not on me to say they should or shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. Well, I and I got to that point with my dad because I I wasn't gonna make him experience or see things the way I saw them. He saw them the way he saw them. Right. But he's still a good dude. He's a good he dude. He's still my dad. He's a yeah yeah. And I'm, and he just had a different. He just had a different experience. And and the thing about it is what. So, you know, laws have changed, right? There's supposed to be no discrimination now. But we see things all the time. Mm -hmm. And these people who discriminate against women, minorities, all kind of stuff, they're your police officers, mm -hmm. judges. Teachers. Teachers, hiring managers. Nurses, doctors. So this is why we're still in the position we're in because we, we haven't eradicated <laughs> racism. Barack Obama we didn't eradicated do eradicated <laughs> a lot of isms. Bar Barack Obama no. was supposed to. Come on, man. <laughs> all you had to do. <laughs> it's all you, you had one job, Barack. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you talk to my dad about Barack, he would say that Barack Obama was the most divisive president. <laughs> um, I had a friend that told me that once. And I asked him, what did he do to divide the country? He was black. <laughs> <laughs> he dared to be a black man in a position of power. And then like. Wait, is I that the right answer? I had one person. <laughs> I had one person tell me, well, when Trayvon Martin got shot, he said, Trayvon could have been my son. He could have been. <laughs> he could have been. Well, what would he? He could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I, whenever someone says that. I I just disregard it because to me that's he was divisive. How, like you said, he dared to be black. Mm -hmm. Not even full. Not he he dared to be mixed. On top of that, <laughs> like you like imagine. Can you imagine if Barack Obama was dark skinned? <laughs> <laughs> Come wow. on, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So anyway, so that was the article that I brought. Six. So the the problem in Florida through this. This gentleman's eyes is not that there are people here that don't want to work. So, so what, you know, I don't know. What was it? I think 95 to 99% of people want to work and earn their way through life. Yes. Nobody wants to be given Everything. anything. I think that most people are smart enough to realize that mm -hmm. if you're given everything, it can be snatched away just as quickly. Right. It can disappear just as quickly. But somehow, our country has gotten to a point, a place where people just believe there's so many people who just don't want to work, just want to be lazy bums. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't see it. But I tell you what, I don't want to go work for a demeaning way. So I would have probably gone back to work sooner had I been able to find a job after being out of the job market for so long that would have allowed us to have anything left after we paid for childcare. Oh man, I had um, I've had people quit mm -hmm. jobs because of that. Mm -hmm. Quit jobs. Yep, I remember having a conversation with one of Joe's cousins when she was going back after another kid, and she was saying that basically all she was working for was daycare. You know, because all of her mm -hmm. salary was going to daycare was the health insurance. Yeah, like I, I that's had it. all she was. That's what she went to work for forty hours a week. 
and put her kids just so that they would have health insurance. Her husband owned his own business and it was, it was, uh, too pricey for him to insure them. So mm-hmm. I, I've had people quit jobs or reduce their hours so they could qualify for the vouchers for childcare yeah. because they couldn't afford, I mean, they afforded it, mm-hmm. but then, you know, they was eating ramen noodles every night. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we saw that in Maid. Yes. She had to go get a job before she could qualify for the vouchers for childcare. It was crazy. But she couldn't get a job without childcare. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. Uh-huh. I need to drop my child off somewhere so I can go look for this job. Right. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. So this country's so crazy. Greatest country in the world, though. <laughs> I mean, I don't really particularly necessarily want to live anywhere else, though we did talk about Switzerland for a hot minute. <laughs> ah, did you really? Oh, yeah, we did. I just, you know, when Joe was working for the biggest employer, right, and mm-hmm. we started talking about international opportunities that could be possible with Walmart, I was like, oh, could you get us to, like, Switzerland? <laughs> I mean, we started, I mean, we'd look at, pick the four of us would sit here, and this was before Gio came to live with us, and we would look at, you know, these beautiful pictures of these different countries and these different lives, and we thought, what if we just... Lived in Switzerland? Yeah, why not? You know, I don't know. You know, for a minute, before we settled here in Palm Coast, the original idea was to sell everything. Mm-hmm slate clean clothes on our backs and go live in the keys live and work in the keys start over in the keys the keys is not i love the keys there is a job opening on key west for a general manager with my company really mm-hmm. you know i'm going to call them and tell them <laughs> how terrible you are well, <laughs> you know it's not something i could do now you don't want her i know she's horrible <laughs> her breath stinks <laughs> you don't want her but um well and you know certainly I'm not going to take Carolyn out of high. But when, you know, when we were making the change, when yeah, Joseph was nah. going into high school and all that, we thought, you know, it could be a really cool experience to give the kids too, growing yeah. up on an island and whatever. I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we are where we are for numerous reasons for our, Man. our family and our friends and our friends who are family. And, you know, just the quality of life we're giving the kids right now, I think is great. But if there comes a point... <laughs> When we are empty nesters. Going to Key West? And that position would come up again, I might throw my hat in the ring. Yeah, everyone should retire and go somewhere. I don't know where yet. It has to be tropical, though. Yeah. I don't want any cold weather ever again. Joe wants the mountains. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He's, he's mentioned, he, he always tells I love mountains. Yep. So I said we got to get, we got to get it. Either a vacation home in the tropics and then live in the mountains or get a vacation cabin in the mountains and stay down here. Yeah. I mean, we could get a cabin somewhere and then we could all have a place to go on vacation. Yeah. Except you don't want cold weather ever again. Yeah, I'd do it if friends would eat, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it would be fun for us to loves, visit. Eb, yeah, Eb loves you know. cold weather. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't want to live in it. I could visit it. I don't yeah. want to live in it again. Yeah. When we moved to North Carolina... Uh, we went back to Michigan for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Joe did not. I drove with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he was too new at his job. He couldn't mm-hmm. leave it. Couldn't get off. And we got to Michigan that night and got out of the car. And I looked at the thermometer. It was <laughs> <laughs> it was like sixteen below. 
Listen. And I was like, you know what? It takes exactly, I guess, three months to get acclimated to the heat because I could not Listen. handle it. I'd only been gone since September. Man, I remember days in New York going to work and you working in the office, you wearing them dress pants mm-hmm. and you waiting for the bus. And it's like negative two mm-hmm. with the wind chill. Yes. And your legs are on fire from the wind. Like how that prickly pins and needles <laughs> feeling. Forget about it, champ. So I was walking to classes in Chicago during one of the coldest winters on record there. Like cabs were pulling over and giving people free rides where they were going because. Wow. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, nah. It's the first time I'd ever experienced a school closure for cold. Like they have been in North Carolina all the time. Yeah. But in Michigan. They're just like, you know, put on another layer. When I was in New York, they never closed no, schools. never. But <laughs> in Chicago, that during that one snap, they <sighs> shut schools down and everything. We That's how you know out. shit is real. Mm-hmm. Like you could go outside mm-hmm. and your face could burn off from right? the wind. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, it's my crazy. Goodness. I mean, we lived in a really nice place. We lived on the ground floor of a brownstone. Mm. And we I nannied for the for the owners of the brownstone and the people upstairs to get a break on the rent. It was a much nicer place than I ever would have been able to afford otherwise, but it was a nice place. It was, you know, but we were still had for that month or whatever, had to put the plastic on the windows and stuff under the doors and and the cracks and stuff. Cause it was just impossible to keep it warm. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could not, I mean, I've been in Florida now 16 years. Mm -hmm. So I've been back to snow since you moved down. I haven't seen snow since. Nope. And I haven't gone to New York in the winter. I've been lucky. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to go in the wintertime. Even winter in North Carolina, we didn't ever have to shovel anything. Because first off, you didn't have to go anywhere. Because if it snowed, everything closed. Mm. And it would melt within a couple of days. But where we lived in Wilson, it would get icy. For the same reason that, <sighs> that, that hurricanes and stuff caused us problems. Because things would flood. Mm-hmm. It, I guess it stayed damp enough that when it got really cold, everything turned to ice. And that's dangerous that's too though super dangerous yeah we would I'm, have a week off of school for ice i remember we, <laughs> i remember in school in flushing when it would snow and it would turn to ice and it, it would be black ice mm-hmm. and we were pretending it was like a skating rink yes <laughs> well we used to make skating rinks in my backyard like we are literally in our sneakers on black yeah. ice yeah <laughs> damn kids do some stupid stuff but my dad and brothers would go make ice rinks in our backyard, and we put they put their hockey skates on and go out there. And See, but they had actual skates. Yeah, I know. We you were in sneakers, sneakers. <laughs> pretending to skate Ooh. on black ice. How did Nuts. I make it all these years? No, <laughs> I'm just cold talking about it. <laughs> yeah, shout out to y'all, man. It was 74 here today. <laughs> you know. It dips down into the 60s at night, and it's awesome in the morning, like when I walk the dogs or whatever, because it's just enough to, I don't get all sweaty. To wake you up. Yep. Get your heart pumping a little. Like, now when I watch the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, I'm like, ooh, it look cold out there. <laughs> I know. Well, it was in the 50s at the Michigan game yesterday ooh. in Ann Arbor. I was like, whew, there were a lot of red noses and red cheeks. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, I don't think the, the problem is that people don't want to work. I think they just don't want to work for, for peanuts. They don't want to work for free? They don't want to work for free. They don't want to They don't want to work for free. <laughs> so, what else is on your mind? We got about Oh. We can do it. Oh, we had a conversation yes. the other day. And 
I said, this would be good for the podcast. Yeah. We were talking about a situation, okay? And <laughs> I was kind of dismissive of a person and said, hey, people don't change. Mm -hmm. And you vehemently disagreed with me and said people. I, th I think that it's funny, though, because what I said was, I disagree. Yeah. But, you know. But you're like, and you vehemently disagree. I said. <laughs> no, we I went said, back. When, when, when we go back and forth, I, I, I feel like it's like, because we don't disagree a lot. We you know, know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so <laughs> I'm like, oh, so but seriously, when I was typing that, I was like, nah, oh, you're right. You're I right. Disagree. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but you did. You disagreed. Mm -hmm. And I have a, my best friend, Jason, shout out to him. He always says people don't change. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of agree with that. Like, I think they mature. Like, I think your character is your character. But you brought up something that is really something to think about. Like, uh, is character nature or nurture? Mm -hmm. I think it's nature. I think um, you are, I don't know, I just think good character is in you or it's not. And I think your parents harp on you on how to get that character out. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't fall victim to peer pressure. Don't. I think some people, though, are just born assholes. And they're going to be that way even... When they get to be 30, they'll be mature ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you seem that you think along the line the maturity brings out, can bring out better character. So, Am I describing that right? Yeah, I think so. I look at character really from a psychological standpoint. You know, I'm a psych major. Mm -hmm. Shout out to <laughs> LSNA, class of 96 at Michigan. <laughs> and, you know, from a psychological standpoint, there are traits of character that psychologists believe are learned and malleable. Otherwise mm. we wouldn't spend time doing like in elementary school, they have the character traits that they focus on every month. Right. Or, you know, there are different things like that, that um, therapy can, you know, in many ways or aspects can be, you know, because of character issues. Um, the whole basis, which is, I, n I realize it's bullshit, but the whole basis that prison is rehabilitative is, you know, based at least in part on changing the character of criminal behavior. Um, so yeah, I do think that character is changeable. Uh, I think that it takes a certain amount of self-awareness and desire to do it. But, um, but I think that we learn things and we can unlearn them. I mean, why, why else, you know, like I said, would we have things like therapy? Yeah, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Like, do you think therapy changes people's character? Like, I think it can. I, I, Aspects I, of their character. I feel like like the way I look at it is like this. So me, at six or seven years old, my character was already in me. I may not have exhibited that character all the time because I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. Maturity is what allows me now to exhibit my good character traits mm -hmm. all the time, no matter what, no matter what anybody said. Right? Like, I don't. You know, that's just what I, that's how I feel. I feel like some people and most people have bad traits in them and the maturity makes them do the bad things in different ways. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they don't change. Well, I think that everybody's character is comprised of bad traits and good traits. Oh, I think that we all have bad traits and good traits. I, I, I think I'm, I, I guess what I'm talking about is like fatal flaws, like not supporting your friends 
or like I feel like if you don't support your friends at twenty, like if you could stab your friend in the back at twenty six years old, mm-hmm. you tattletale on them at seven. Entirely possible. You yes. know what I'm saying? But I think that there are things that can impact your character. I think things like trauma, childbirth, which is my hope for this situation we were talking about, um, a big windfall. I mean, could bring out aspects of your character that were dormant or were not. You talking about money? Yeah. Well, I always say money. Money just enhances the bad parts that were there. That's what I mean. Like, I, but so, I, but assuming that everybody has good and bad inside of them, which I think everybody does. So if I got a windfall, what do you think? Because there's, what do you think? Would it, what bad trait would enhance from the money? I mean, it could be anything. It could be um, like if I received a huge windfall and then all of a sudden I. I don't know. I, things got so easy for me materially that I stopped giving a shit about people who were struggling. That's see, you think that would happen to you? Well, I'm not everybody, but it could. I mean, what do I always say when we when we see some of these kids getting a contract or whatever? I hope they have good people around them to help them keep their feet on the ground. Yeah, but you know that 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 and that you know spending money the right way and all that kind of stuff. So when we when we talk, right? Like you've told stories about uh, the country club, yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. But at the same time, you told stories about being on a board for Flint and having a problem with the people being on that board, not from Flint. Mm-hmm. So the character is there already. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. to me, that you haven't changed just because you you're not at a country club. You just got to a, a point of maturity that's saying, you know what, I think. Some of the shit is bullshit, and I'm going to say it now. That To me, that's not that person that's changed. Do you think that Dwayne changed when his daughter talked about, exhibited a little shame in his situation of being in prison? Do I think his character changed? Mm-hmm. I do not. Hmm. I do. See, I, no, I think, I think, no, I don't think his character changed. I think if he was a bad person, he would have did, he, he he did what he was going to do regardless of whoever. You see what I'm saying? Well, I mean, he did what he did regardless of whatever for a while. And then he. But he did what he did. See, and that. So he did what he did because he felt like it was the only way to provide. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That has good character. He didn't do it because he wanted the latest Benz. But he he was thinking when the for the first half or however long he was in prison, he was going to get out and keep doing that. Right. Right. Because he he changed. He changed his mind. He he got a le- to me. That's a level of maturity. Like, hey, listen, wait a minute. My daughter is telling me these things. That makes the good character come out. You see what I'm saying? Like, but other things made the bad character come out. I don't know. And I, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if simply committing a crime makes you have bad character. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, th- if that makes sense, mm-hmm. people are saying, "What are you talking about?" Well, no, like, I mean, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like. If you just want to provide for your family and you feel like this might be the best way. How do you define character? That's a good question. That's a good, good question. To me, like you're talking about good character, bad character. How do you just, define character? Just the, the, intri- the intrinsic values that you have. You see what I'm saying? His value in that instance was always to take care of my daughter. 
Mm-hmm. And he thought doing what he did was doing that. Mm-hmm. And then she said to him, nah, this ain't it, dad, because I'm ashamed of what you did, which still goes back to him saying, hey, I'm going taking care of my daughter. That might not have been the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that character trait was already there. But I think, I think there were two sides, I guess, to that character trait, and it changed. I think that character has a lot to do, and I did some reading and kind of looking at definitions and things to see. Yeah, what is the what is the the because I know so, you. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the what's the dictionary that starts with an M? Merriam-Webster says ah. that character is uh, are traits qualities that make up your moral code, distinctive attrib- attributes. Right. So. Go ahead. And so there were some, you know, I continue to just read some other stuff. Um, mental and moral qualities of an individual is their character. So it can be the way one thinks, feels, behaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, other things that aren't necessarily what we're talking about. Qualities shared by many in a group, like, you know, or uh, a- atmosphere. Like if something has character, you know, like if you walk into a red walled velvet furniture place you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. dimly lit that has place has character kind of a thing <laughs> um and then in i was looking at some of my psychology um like psychology today and stuff like that um it's saying the character traits are learned things like persistence honesty humor creativity integrity those things are learned and really that, and that they because they are learned they are adaptable or they are malleable so, in the instance we're talking about with Dwayne, I feel like his moral code was always about family. And so, when he tells that story about his daughter coming mm-hmm. and her being, you know, ashamed that he was in prison, mm-hmm. it's the same code. You see what I'm but saying? I think that there's a way to see it differently, too. No, I mean, I, I'm just, that's why I, I said there's that. There's a way to see that yeah. differently, too. Um. If character doesn't change, why does therapy exist or church or different, you know, or self-help or things like that? If um, environment is a huge factor in personality and character. I mean, that's just like the psychological standpoint that so character changes. Now, I am related to somebody who I believe is of bad character who will never change <laughs> because, you know, he is. Like clinically, I think, unable to. It's his DNA. I don't think he chose to be a sociopath. I think he was born that way. See, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about therapy. So yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, when it, when you say, you know, what does why does therapy exist? I think you can go to therapy and they may not find the good character traits. Mm-hmm. You may not have any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people don't have any. But then, I mean, then you have bad character traits, more bad character traits. Right. But, and but that's it's still I, character. But what I'm saying is I think that, that was always in you. See, I don't know. I don't know. Like The nature versus nurture thing is, is uh, interesting mm-hmm. because, I, you know, you can't remember being two, three, four, five years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there could be things I do today that my father was telling me from. Right. And my mom was telling me from jump that I just don't remember. Well, and it seems like sometimes 
it, it's got to be some of both because you say things like, oh, she was such an easy baby or a happy baby. Maybe some of that is just having an easygoing character or, you know, maybe mm. that evolves into, you know, being someone who's chill or what. I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But like, I, I don't feel like my moral code has changed over time. Like, I still feel like when people wrong me, then I need to. Yeah, I I mean I maybe they're not permanent changes, but I I mean I know specifically there's one one group of friends that I fell in with for a while when we were living in North Carolina. I've told you about this of yeah. the the group chat and stuff and it was uh it was not um our behavior was not who at the end I decided I wanted to be and I ended it. Yeah, but but I certainly got sucked up into it for a while. Of course. But again, I mean, acceptance can affect your character. But I feel, but I, I feel like those are just things. And but then at the end of the day, you realize, oh, this is not me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that was always inside of you. And sometimes, like, I don't, I don't think people can't get lost. I guess I like it's like a, the scales of justice. It's like there's you know good good traits and bad traits, and your environment and your experience and your life, what you're living through. Yeah. can can kind of be a balance between those things. Because I don't think anybody's all good or anybody's all... Well, I might think some people are all bad, but I don't think anybody's all good or everybody, anybody's all bad. Like I said, I just feel so. like, to me, you know, even when I talk to people, the way they were is the way they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking about that group, that group text. You, you were in it because... Maybe you needed the comfort of friends, but then you realize this is for the birds. Because when I hear you talk about your life in general, mm-hmm. like I haven't known you your whole life. So. But for that period of time, that was my character. I was ah! defined by, you know, certain things. I, I think that you just, I, I just don't think that, I think that character is influenced by environment and experience and what you're going through. And, and, and I don't, you might get back to, you know, some of these same basic principles that were in your heart all the time, but I, I think some people might not. And Yeah. I, I, I that, think it's possible. That's so hard for me. Like, so in the environment I grew up in, which, it, you know, mom, it wasn't horrible. She always says, you act like it was so hard. It wasn't horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but well, at I the same time. I get the impression that you think it's does. horrible. She does. But at the same time, we were not living in the suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. In the environment I grew up in, I I could have had bad character, so why don't I? Is it just the nurture of my parents, or is it things that were in me? Probably, I think it's like some when of so, both. Like when someone says something like, oh, you don't have the heart to do that. I think it could be some both. No, I don't have the heart to do certain things. <laughs> That's true. Well, and one of the things in our, in our conversation before today about this, I talked about how some things like that are generational. Like I even think things like raising a bully can be generational. I think sometimes you can see those traits up the line. You know, you can see the overbearing dad who had the overbearing dad who didn't have, you know what I mean? Like I'm not talking about anybody specific, no, no, but I mean, it's no, I possible it. to see, to see some of those things. And I wish we had a video. My mind is churning right now. As, <laughs> as, as, Sue, as Sue talks to me, I'm listening to everything she says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, yeah, some people, I guess that's a bad way to look at things. I don't, you know, I feel like when you get to a certain age, character 
not your behavior necessarily. And some people think they go hand in hand. Because I think for me, I behave differently than I used to. Mm-hmm. Like now, when somebody does something to me, I don't just I don't try to run up on them and beat them up. <laughs> you know, Carolyn told me a story about they at the movies last night, and mm-hmm. the woman a woman behind them getting real snippy with them because it was taking them a minute to get their tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And her saying, "I'm glad my mom's not here." <laughs> hey, listen, man. <laughs> like, it's it's very difficult for me sometimes to let things go mm-hmm. um and I, I like i said i don't know if that's to me that's just behavior though like that's not but i still get back at you in a different way mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying like so i could see you do me wrong and then i just block you on instagram or i right you know don't take your call or i don't i, I don't go over to your house and punch you or i beat you in basketball Stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or do things better than you do. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, but, you know, but I used to, you know, my wife, if I ever get my wife on a podcast, she'll tell you about the time I almost held the DirecTV guy hostage. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. We're not doing that anymore. But, you know, I would just call his boss mm-hmm. and get him in trouble. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, this is a good thing for our listeners to weigh in on. Yep, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, do you think people change? Yeah. Or can a know? leopard change its spots? <laughs> that is that's the first thing I wrote down when I started writing my thoughts down about today. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not sure they can. Like I think who I am today the building blocks were already there when I was young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think there are certain times when you're not mature enough to show that, yeah. to make smart decisions. You know what I'm saying? To not go with the kids who are shoplifting because you know, you know here is wrong, but you go ahead and do it. I don't mm-hmm. think that's bad character. I just think that's stupid behavior from being immature. And so in that particular situation we were talking about, I've heard too many things about mm-hmm. this particular person now they're getting older. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, but if there's no impetus around them to make them want to change, they're not going to change or develop or mature no, or grow sure. no, maybe somebody just punch him in the face sorry no I'm no surprised it hasn't happened yet no no america no <laughs> that's right violence we, we don't condone violence on the strongly worded <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be a good discussion discussion for the group we will talk about that can a leopard change his spots yes we want to discuss it and then you need to listen to the podcast as well a lot of people in the group <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people in the group and a lot of people listening yeah so um so yeah, so come find us. If you are listening and you are not a member of our Facebook group, we are the Strongly Worded Pod group. Um, just request to join us and we will let you in, assuming you have a real photo, not just a profile. <laughs> some weirdness. You don't want to get in here and say, I can make you $4 million That's if right. you just... <laughs> yeah, you can also find us on Instagram at the Strongly Worded Pod. Our website the strongly worded pod.com we have merch available on that website mm-hmm. get yourself an urban black man t-shirt while, <laughs> while we've still got them <laughs> i sip my coffee out of a strongly worded coffee you sure mug do. every day anthony wears his shirt all the time yeah mm-hmm. good all the time i'm glad um we are on twitter at the strongly worded p shout out to joe o'lear shout out to joe o'lear <laughs> 
uh, and we are doing a, I'm, I'm dipping my toe in the TikTok waters. So oh, yeah, follow you've the been strongly on it. worded pod on TikTok. Yeah, a lot of views on them too. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That class. Shout out to that class. That was like, you got to get on, on the nice. socials. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are excited to hear what you think. Oh, yes. And leave us a five-star review. Yes, please. On if, you, iTunes. if you're an iTunes person. Okay. We're excited to hear what you think in the group. Um, we're, we're dropping on Wednesday. So yeah. Have a great week. All right. This strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton and cover art by Samantha Shakes.